folks, you know you're in for a treat when you hear that tune, because it's time for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. I say another week, but we do these twice a week now. This is the Chats edition of the podcast. You're going to hear a an interview with the one and only Sammy G, the real Sammy G, the fake Sammy G. We'll get into that later. Um, but before we do, I have to thank our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and Mark Prashan over at Website Amp. Um, the reason our sponsors are so important is because here at Rec Poker, we're a largely volunteer-based organization. Most of our stuff is free. We just passed today, we just passed a huge milestone. We got our 1,000th community member. That's 1,000 people uh, signing up to do part of some of our free stuff here at Rec Poker. The podcast, the Discord, the forums, the home games, the free videos on YouTube. Um, there's just so much cool stuff we do here that's free. I am so excited that we got a thousand people, a thousand people uh, signed up to join Rec Poker. Um, there could not be a nicer Christmas present under the tree for me and for the other Wrecking Crew members here. So um, thank you to all 1,000 of you. You all get to share 1,000th of that uh, thanks, but it goes a long way from a guy with a big heart. Um, and I just could not be more pleased about that. So Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy Hanukkah. Um, happy holidays to everybody that's out there. Um, this episode is going to come out on Friday, December 23rd. So you got a few more days of uh, stocking stuffers and uh, last minute wrapping and getting all the cards signed. And those will have to be hand delivered at this point, I think. No sense getting them in the mail now. But um, I do want to just wish all our listeners a very happy holiday and uh, a, a wonderful end to uh, a year. This has been a year. This has been <laughs> 2022 has been a year. That is an objectively true fact. Um, I cannot wait to see what 2023 has in store, starting with, I, I, I was going to say, well, we already have, a, we actually already have member 1001, uh, Kid in College is his handle, um, Kevin from uh, the Minister of Hype on Twitter, who just missed it by one, he wanted to be sign up uh, number 1000, but he's number 1001, so uh, thanks for joining, Kevin, and I'm excited to be uh, getting to know you a little better here at Rec Poker. Okay, that was kind of a rambly start here. What do you think, Chris? Am I have I already just derailed the show completely? Oh, I was just going to say. So even if Phil follows through on his threat and cancels his membership, then we're we're still we still <laughs> over a thousand. That's right. That's right. Yeah, take that, Phil, <laughs> with all your wholesome support. <laughs> Phil, thank you for your support. Um, I want to. We're seeing some uh, fun comments in the chat already. Um, if folks don't know, if you're listening to this at home, we get together and have fun like this every Monday night on YouTube at 7.30 Eastern. Um, so thank you, Josh and Phil, for your uh, comments so far. Um, I will uh, say, don't come next Monday on Boxing Day, which is what we call it in Canada, on the 26th of December. We're not going to have a show. Everyone's going to be spending time with uh, their families and loved ones. So I'm excited to say we've already recorded an interview with Nick Howard that's going to come out on December 30th. And I think people are really going to enjoy that. We had a great conversation about uh, a number of things. We got to meet a new Wrecking Crew member. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in that interview. Um, like I say, tonight we're going to talk to Sammy G. Uh, we're going to talk about poker in Florida. We're going to talk about what it's like around Christmas time when your last name is Gruber. Um, we're going to uh, talk about the home game uh, results. And um, a reminder that if you're watching here live, uh, tonight is the Makeup Tournament of Champions for November because we had a, a server maintenance issue at PokerStars last week. So the asterisk is in full effect. The tournament tonight will be the official Tournament of Champions for um, for November, and uh, you don't want to miss that if you haven't had a chance to sign up yet. Okay, so 
uh, I was I was so excited about member 1000 that I completely derailed my opening track here. But uh, if you don't know what Rec Poker is about, we're a largely enthusiastic group of poker lovers. We like to study together. We play against each other. We commiserate uh, together. We celebrate each other's wins. Um, we do it all trying to get better at this game because we we play it for fun, but it's more fun when you win. Uh, you hear my voice a lot on the podcast. My name's Jim Reed. I'm Bluff Storini in the home game and at Rec Poker Jim on Twitter. But I'm just the guy they give the mic on Mondays. It takes a wrecking crew to make the magic happen here at Rec Poker. And I'd like to introduce you to a number of the wrecking crew members right here tonight. You can go to rec.poker slash crew if you want to find out more about them. Or you can just listen up because you're about to meet them in uh, order of first name, alphabetic order. <laughs> Now that Tim Jim's done with his tangents. <laughs> yeah, it took a while this time. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all good. It was all relevant stuff. I think I will say I think Boxing Day is the same worldwide, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's just different in Canada or what the deal is there, but <laughs> Oh right. <laughs> I don't funny. know. I think it's the same everywhere. <laughs> we'll find out. We're gonna find out tonight. Impromptu quiz. So if you're if you're if you're in the YouTube chat and also on the panel here, is Boxing Day a thing where you are? Just type that in and then um we will use that as a precursor to get off to the uh the food bank prize at the end. Uh but Ben Enslow, uh what's your name and where yeah, can people um... find you? I'm bjamin 96 on Twitch mostly is where you can find me and soon to be on YouTube. We got it starting to get it set up now. So exciting things to come. So go give me a follow on the, or sub, whatever they call it on YouTube. I guess it's sub on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, I'm East Coast Bitter in the home game. Um, and I'm Chris Jones. Uh, it's it's hard to follow all the, all this threads, but I'm Chris Jones. You can find me 5v5 on Twitter or 5x5 in the Poker Stars home game. And I am John Somsky. I'm Poker Geek MN everywhere. And I never heard of Boxing Day until I was like in my 20s. And I'm Rob Washam and I'm Radman50 everywhere. And to me, it's the day after Christmas. That's always that's how we grew up. Boxing Day. I, I remember learning when I was a kid that it was because you like took your all the boxes you would return things to the stores. It was like the day that people took things back. So you needed the boxes. If anyone knows what the actual box reference in boxing day is about it's not about boxing as, as far as i understand there's nothing fisticuff related about it we're not no exactly rob you've got some good moves there rob i like that um but yeah boxing day. i see we're just being joined here by uh, joe coolis uh, the newest member of the wrecking crew uh why don't you say hello joe and uh, tell folks uh, how they can get to know you in the uh, home game uh so um uh, my name is Joe Coolis. Uh, you can uh, come and take my chips in the home game pretty easily <laughs> at uh, Elvita Eleven is my home game nombre. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on. Um, you get get used to hearing uh, from Joe, folks. Uh, Joe was in the room for our interview with uh, Nick Howard. That's going to come out next week and add some great insights into that conversation and uh, many to come. I'm I'm excited to welcome on, him onto the Wrecking Crew and to crack open that big brain of yours, Joe. I can't wait to see what's in there when it comes to. Uh, poker and other things beyond. So uh, I think this is normally the part of the show where we would introduce our guest, uh, the fake Sammy G, the real Sammy G, Samantha Gruber. Um, like I said at the top of the show, I think, although this went off the rails so fast, I don't even remember what's real and what's not anymore. Um, uh, she was playing down the WPT ladies event, uh, got a chance to rail um, Jamie Kerstetter. And wasn't able to make the show tonight because she's uh, driving on her way home. So 
Uh, Sammy, I hope you're driving home safe and uh, we'll get a chance to listen to that video, that interview at the end of the week, like everybody else. So we'll just give our little cue to Renz and Roger Shooty. This is the time where you could enter that interview. And uh, then we'll just pause here for a moment and pick it up on the other side with uh, John Somsky taking us through some latest home game results. All right. Well, I'm super excited to have uh, Sammy Gruber, Sammy G, whether she's the real Sammy G or the fake Sammy G, we're going to find out today. Uh, but uh, Sammy and I, we got a chance to play at the same table in the WSOP tag team event last year. Um, she's been blowing up Twitter as she's taken the poker world from storm uh, uh, by storm, I should say. We've got uh, some some fun little coincidental uh, similarities in our past that I can't wait to explore. And of course, as it's near Christmas time, uh, the name Gruber is very relevant to Christmas fans everywhere. So, Sammy, we're going to start with a question that I've started asking our hosts, our guests around the holidays. Before we get into any poker stuff, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Your take. Of course, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Like, it's one of the best Christmas movies. All right, there you go. And, and do you feel any, when when it came out, um, did, did you feel any sort of like special kinship with Hans, or uh, with like did it was it kind of cool or weird that um, this Gruber character was taking over uh, the box office um, and it shared shared your last name? Sure, I think when it came out, I actually wasn't alive yet. <laughs> that's great that's great so let's start there so let's go back a ways here so um one of the things so I've, I've been uh following you on twitter for a while um we've got a lot of mutual friends in the poker world uh we haven't actually met before it's the first time that you and i are, are talking in, in person um but we did get a chance to sort of play as adversaries across the table in the wsop a little while ago um, but you kind of came on the poker scene, I want to say like a couple years ago, a few years ago out of Florida. And yep. um, tell us a little bit about And I know it's just, it's kind of a cliche, but how did you get started in poker? But like, I am kind of curious to know what your intro into poker was. And then we'll get into some of the more exciting and unique details a little later in the show. Yeah. So I first started playing when I was about 15 uh, with my dad and one of his friends at the you know kitchen table. I had some friends that I grew up with that their families always played a lot of cards and stuff like that so we would play other card games as well as have poker nights every once in a while and then right when I turned 18 my dad gave me a tournament ticket uh, because in Florida you can play poker at 18 mm. and I ended up chopping that tournament three ways there's a picture of me that I like I don't even know how to stack my chips I just have like piles of chips in front of me <laughs> my dad's trying to be like okay you can stack them like this and all this and I'm like oh my gosh didn't know what was going on <laughs> and I was actually still in high school I'd been 18 for about three days probably nice um and then I just played a lot of tournaments with my dad that entire summer until I went off to college um just playing any tournament that I could probably try to play three to five live tournaments a week, which is for where I'm from. That's a lot of tournaments because you have to yeah. drive like an hour. I was going to ask that. So where where were you based at this time and which uh, what was the, what were the venues that you were playing these tournaments in? Yeah, so um, I'm from Vero Beach, Florida. And, yep, my family's been there oh, a long time. My grandpa was born there and my mom mm. and I, we were all born there. And um, so we are playing – the $60 5k at Melbourne. So club 52 in Melbourne, Florida. They, uh, at the time, Fort Pierce, High Lie had 
some tournaments. Uh, then there were charity tournaments that were in Port St. Lucie that were at a bowling alley and then got moved to uh, like a strip mall arcade. And every once in a while, we would maybe go to the Kennel Club or the Isle or maybe Best Bet or Daytona, kind of just East Coast for the most part. Cool. And that was obviously something that you and your dad had in common and must have been a great bonding experience for, for you two. Uh, did, did he t- tell me a little bit about his uh, poker story and sort of um, how it's impacted your own pursuit of this game? Yeah, my dad really, really loves poker. And it was something that uh, he did to like supplement income for a while, mostly playing tournament poker. And um, it's just one of those things that like right when I turned 18, he was so excited to bring me to the card room and to like introduce me to like the tournament poker world, basically. <laughs> That's awesome. And then there was just no looking back, right? I mean, you're oh, I, yeah. I've yeah, so, so so what happened next? I know you've uh, I, I love that photo you've got up there of your first bag and like you're the only person I know who's like smiling as often as I am when it comes to this kind of stuff. But um, so what, what was that like your first bag and, and sort of like like uh, I know you, you're still going to school and so fitting poker in around there, but it was becoming a more and more serious part of your life. Just speak to that a little, please. Yeah, uh, my first bag, I was 20. It was. I guess three years ago, almost exactly today, I think pretty close. Um, I had, this was the second time I'd ever played in a multi-day tournament. It was at the uh, kennel club in West Palm. And I was super, super excited when I bagged and I was like, Oh, I got to get a picture. The dealer got a picture of me. I was like, I was like, this is so exciting. And I was like, let me post this on Twitter. Normally Twitter was just yelling into the void that's fine. Like I had a couple of people from high school who followed me, nothing crazy. And then like a ton of people saw it. Like, you know, it was really insane to me. I woke up the next morning and I, you know, had like basically tripled my followers in one day. (laughs) And as in all of all of these people are wishing me good luck and all of these things. And I ended up making some of my absolute best friends from this interaction. Um, I was super, super lucky. Um, got put in some group chat with people who play a bunch of werewolf. I've been playing werewolf since I was probably 13 or 14 and just getting in with that entire group opened up like a ton of opportunities for me. Uh, then I'm also in school. I'm still in school. Actually. I'm in my sixth year of undergrad. Um, (laughs) I haven't dropped out yet. Uh, we'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, and it's, uh, I mean, I haven't been full-time with school in, in a couple of years, uh, trying to put more time towards other things, poker included. And it's kind of hard. It, it's a little, it's a little challenging. School's hard. Um, I don't like it as much as I used to, but right. I'm, gonna, I'm moving back and giving it another shot. For what, uh, what's your discipline? What are you studying? I'm studying applied math. Okay. Yep. Yes. So yeah, not easy, um, but at least it's kind of working some of the same parts of your brain that that you're using when you play poker. Is that true, or is that just a gross simple oversimplification for non-mathematicians like myself? I think a lot of people think that if I'm studying math, that it's going to be a lot of poker knowledge. <laughs> but uh, I'd say most of the math that I've ever had to do for poker is like 
very, very different from what I'm studying. Mm. Um, there's math is like just such a, like a wide range of things. And I don't know. I spent a whole class that was like heat on a rod. Like that's an entirety of a class. Basically that's all you learn about Mm. and like how strings move. And you're just like, this is, this is way, way beyond what anything I've had to do for poker. (laughs) I I would be very surprised. Yeah. I would be I would be very surprised if complex differential equations comes into play and too often when you're trying to figure out how to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is something that people say because, uh, you know, when I first started playing poker and I was studying math, I was like, especially when I would go places that I didn't go very often, people would be like, oh, what are you studying? And I was just like, I go to Florida State. I'm studying partying. Because I don't want to be like, <laughs> I'm studying math. And <laughs> I tell people now, and I get so many different reactions to it. Uh, most people don't know what applied math is compared to all the other types of math and yeah. stuff like that. Well, I um, I got really involved in my student union and uh, student politics uh, when I was doing my undergrad. And so I also took a reduced course load and uh, spread out that the time that I was doing that uh, degree. And it was the best decision I ever made. Um, you know, I met my wife in my last year that I wouldn't have even gone to school if I had done my typical four-year degree. And I learned a lot about life and about myself um, and about other people and the world and politics during that time that, again, I would have missed out on if I had just uh, buried my nose in the books and, and just done that. So I'm sure you're getting a lot of great experiences there. And it sounds like you also value the... the uh, actual value of the degree which is smart like it's just something finishing it up is something you'll never regret i'm sure is that the way you feel i am really not sure i'm <laughs> i'm really not um i get advice from all sorts of people from all different backgrounds with so many different perspectives and that's one of the very cool things that i get from being involved in the poker world and that's something that i really value a lot and i get every possible answer i get you mm-hmm. should drop out. You should party more, which is what my dad normally says. You should, yeah. um, you should, you know, finish it. You'll never be able to do this again. Or, you know, poker will always be there or school will always be there. And it's just every possible answer. Um, but I mean, I'm just going to try it again. Like <laughs> that's kind of it. Like I, I think that if I say it enough, I'll do it. Yep. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Joe, jump in. So you're kind of wandering into my wheelhouse. Um, I went to school just about forever um, and ended up getting a PhD at the very end. And I still wish I was in school longer because it was probably some of the most interesting times of my life. But uh, what I will say is everybody's wrong about everything they've told you to some degree. The only thing that school guarantees for you is that it will push off and decrease the likelihood that you will live in poverty at some point in your life. If you have a degree, regardless of what happens or changes in the future, you're much, much less likely to to be poor or fall below the poverty line. Uh, everything else is really more about what it is that you want to do and what you want to experience. Um, it's not for everybody, and lots of people do well without college degrees, but um, that's what you can count on from a college degree. So what? Um, so now you've. I know you tweeted recently that you sort of planned this trip to Vegas for a couple months. Uh, then you sort of like looked at the clock and like, oh my God, it's been half a year. Um, what 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 was the impetus for this trip? And um, what 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 do you? What, I mean, you've ascended in the poker world since since that time that we finished talking about, where you're playing charity tournaments and you know hanging out with your dad. And um, I'm I'm sure you've 
you feel like you've kind of pivoted to a greater role in the poker world. What does that feel like? And and uh, just kind of talk us through what the last six or seven months have been like for you. Yeah, I. It was crazy. It was like springtime. And uh, I've I've been doing some work for Run Good for the last couple of years, just nice. online stuff and traveling some last last summer um, because the series was in the fall last year. Well, let me let me stop you there for a sec. What kind of work with Run Good? We love Run Good. We're we're, we're big uh, Run Good fans, and I love collaborating with them. What 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 was your role with them? Yeah, so I was initially just working on a a, a Twitch stream that they were doing. They needed some help. And I, you know, was, a, you know, summer or close to summer a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, I can help you guys out. Uh, I know a little bit about Twitch, but um, it's, it was fun working on that. And then last year they were like, oh, like you should just like come and follow a couple of run good stops around. And then if you can, like, if you have time to like, or if we have a chance for you to sell t-shirts, you know, you can actually make some money as well and play some. I was like, well, that sounds awesome. And I'd never really traveled like that before, especially not by myself. Um, And so that was cool. And I enjoyed that a lot. And I went back to school and I was like, oh man, normal life. This is weird. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, so then at the, um, in the spring earlier this year, uh, Haley Hochstetler was like, you should come out to Vegas for and." two months for the whole world series. And I was like, cool, I would do that if I could get a job. Like I, I can't just go out there and play for the entire time. And she goes, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? And so yeah, she's great. I love she it. got me a, a job selling t-shirts for poker go at the world series. So I got to meet a ton of people through that. Um, just it's always people buying t-shirts and hoodies and coming by and asking me questions. And I had to, figure out how to get anywhere in Bally's in Paris. It was super <laughs> funny. Like people from other booths would send people to me to get directions because <laughs> I had, I had it all mapped out in my head and I, I was okay at telling people how to get from place to place. And towards the, the end of that, Haley was like, you should travel full time with run good for a semester. And I was like, okay. So I had planned on, um, after the World Series, going back to Florida, grabbing the rest of my stuff because I only had my summer stuff, which I guess is most of you know what Florida stuff For is. Florida, like, yeah. Oh, I didn't have. I, didn't, I had like one pair of jeans, like, <laughs> and uh, you know a bunch of hoodies because I wear hoodies when I play. But I ended up not going back to Florida and just stopping in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was like, and I guess I live here now, like. <laughs> <laughs> and the life so, of a poker traveler right i was just like oh i guess i um yeah i live here now and <laughs> um i've been back to florida once for about five or six days since then and i didn't even make it very far into florida i just stopped in tallahassee for like halloween and um so yeah then um been doing just traveled full-time with run good for a semester met a ton of people so many even I was just in Vegas recently for WPT and people were asking me run good questions because they recognized me from run good. And I was like, Oh my God, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, and so I, I often start the interviews by asking our guests to kind of 
place themselves inside the poker world. Um, you're you're kind of in a mix of, of roles right now, I feel like. You're affiliated with RunGood, like you talked about. You've been working with them professionally. You're uh, a player. Um, you're a student. How, how would you characterize your own role in the poker world right now? Are you a, a poker pro? Are you a, 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 a serious amateur? When people ask you about your role in the poker world, how would you describe yourself? Um, I just really like to play poker. And I also enjoy working in the industry and kind of seeing the the behind the scenes of uh, a lot of different parts of poker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not a professional player. I have not done very well this year, honestly. <laughs> it's been really fun. I've been, you know, taking shots in tournaments that are definitely a little bit bigger than what I'm used to, uh, which has been really, really fun. Tag team included. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was a real, a real cool trip for me too. Um, and, and you got to play with your dad in the tag mm-hmm. team event, right? So, yeah. I mean, that, that must've been like a dream come true for both of you. Uh, tell, yeah. talk, tell me a little bit about that. So that was actually my dad's first WSOP tournament ever. Amazing. Amazing. And it turned out that the ladies event and the tag team were like right next to each other. Right. So my dad planned a week to come out and play in the tag team and then hang out while I was playing in the ladies event. Uh, so it was super fun. I had a great time playing with him and I got to, you know, show him around Vegas a little bit. So I'd already been there for like a month and I was like, oh, we got to go eat here. We got to go play the $60 at South Point, which is much more my speed. Um, <laughs> I got to play in the tag team with him, which was super fun. We had matching hoodies for every day, by the way. We had it planned. Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Um, and it was super cool. And I don't know. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And then I played in the latest event which I, uh, I bagged in, but I did not cash again. Mm. <laughs> but the next time, this time I got a lot closer. Yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, no, it was, it was super fun. And um, I, I always enjoy hanging out with my dad. Yeah, well, a real, a real uh, feather in his cap, I'm sure. That must have been a real uh, uh, proud moment for him to be able to play his first bracelet event with you. I, I can only imagine. Um, so what? What is different about the the higher buy-in tournaments that you've been playing that you're saying there's just like not the ones that you're used to? And, and we won't worry about results because results are a stupid way to, to analyze success as a poker player. But when it comes to the the gameplay, the strategy, um, what what feels different? Like what kind of adjustments do you wish you'd made or have you made? Talk a little bit about um, how it's different playing in the different levels of tournaments. Um, for me, the biggest difference is just bankroll. It's a large portion of my bankroll to be playing in one case and bigger, basically. So I think that just adds extra stress to me in some ways, but I just strategy wise, I'm not so sure. Like it depends. I I made it to the second day of the WPT prime recently and Mm. my table was like, much a much tougher table draw than i wanted <laughs> but <laughs> right. uh, most of the time i don't you know know the people that i'm playing against or even when i play in ladies events i actually personally know a lot of the people that i play with <laughs> so uh they're all different i um strategy wise i don't i don't really know i 
people think that I'm probably, since I'm more math orientated, I study a ton and memorize all these things and know all the, how to adjust the strategy. And it's like, I mean, I, I do study, but not, not enough to be like, Oh, when you play in a $60 tournament, Oh, people are worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> they make bigger mistakes, you know? Than, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's like, um, but yeah, I, it's just bankroll. Bankroll is the biggest thing yeah. for me. I, um, yeah. I've always had to have really good bankroll management. I learned it from the very first time that I ever gambled and um, haven't really been allowed to make any mistakes. Yep. I think bankroll management is such a crucial role for, I mean, it's less crucial for recreational players because it's not really a bank, a bankroll so much as a budget. It's like a hobby that if they lose it, they can just reload. But um, I think it really cultivates a more professional um, mindset about the game. And I think it removes kind of that stress from playing above your level that, uh, that you don't have to worry about. Um, so I think bankroll management is not a sexy part of poker, like game selection is not a sexy part of poker, but it's a crucial skill for people that they want to improve. Joe, did you have something there? Yeah. Well, first, I just want to say, Sammy, that uh, I actually have that same picture of me with the chips kind of all flayed out, but I only started playing poker about five years ago. So I was in my forties when that happened. So it's not really <laughs> cute. But, <clears throat> but that actually kind of brings me to my question is, um, you said that you know a lot of the women players uh, personally, uh, given your interactions with poker. And since you are significantly lower, they're younger rather, they're, there's kind of a discrepancy between when women actually a lot of times get involved in poker. A lot of times they say that they, they get involved when um, family responsibilities uh, have ended for them. Do you feel like your journey is has been different because you started younger as a woman coming into the field compared to theirs? Oh, absolutely. I only know two women who play that are younger than I am. Like, and for a long time when I was 18 playing, like, I I mean, even at 23, I don't know a ton of people younger than me. But I started playing at 18, which is younger than you can even play in other states. And I was like, are there even other people out there <laughs> like that are, that are me, basically, in other parts of the country? And I mean, the answer is yes, but it's like, I, I only know about two of them. Like, and it's crazy. It's definitely different. Um, I know a lot of my friends back home, like don't really understand because they're also, they're not, uh, they're just not poker players, which is totally fine. It's a part of my life that I can't particularly share with them. That's okay. I can't share math with everybody or, you know, certain, uh, you know, my other hobbies basically, but, um, yeah, definitely different. Definitely different. I, for a long time, when I was playing, thought that I had like a lot more weight to carry, basically. That when I was, when I made a mistake, that there were other women in poker that were being not like hurt, but like affected by my mistake because I was the only person that looked like me. Um, I've kind of gotten over that a little bit now, now that I've met so many other women in poker that are just like, yeah, guys don't care. Don't care. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Like, <laughs> some random 18-year-old dude in Florida does not care. Like, <laughs> uh, but just stuff like that. Yeah, it's it was different. I um, 
only from traveling and stuff like this have I met other people that are easy to relate to. So kind of as a follow-up, you know, a good portion of what you're going to see at most live tables is going to be, you know, young men playing poker who um, to some degree are trying to live the outlaw lifestyle as well as older men who've been playing the game for years. And that hasn't always been a friendly environment for women, particularly for young women. Um, How do you manage that when you're playing um, in a variety of these venues? Yeah, it it can get um, overwhelming sometimes. I did grow up with a lot of guy friends. I grew up playing a lot of very toxic video games with a lot of harassment, not just towards women, just towards other players in general. Uh, Also games that specifically the players harass women or, you know, you know, young girls, which is what I was growing up playing these games. Um, So I'd say I have pretty thick skin compared to just maybe the average person, even um, from these situations. And I'm not going to lie. One of the the ways that I deal with it is I cry (laughs) sometimes, (laughs) but like off the table generally. Um, It's only happened a couple of times. It's never been anything like game specific, but just more like somebody did or said something. Um, I do remember, I didn't cry from this story actually, but I do remember I was 19 years old and I was playing poker and I raised just that we were playing a tournament, normal, normal raise. And this guy at the other end of the table said, Hey, who did that? And I was like, well, the chips are right in front of me. Like you're supposed to be paying attention, like whatever. But, you know, I raised my hand and it was at the time that I was, would stay pretty quiet at the table, just trying to, uh, take in as much information as I could basically. And this guy looked at me when it was his turn and he goes, well, you're, what are you even doing here? You should be at home making lunch for your boyfriend. And I was just like, in my mind, I was like, is this real right now? Like, did somebody like, like, did somebody really just like say this to my face? Like some 60 plus year old man just, and, um, Am I allowed to curse on here? Because this, the rest of the quote, okay. So uh, I just wanted to make sure because I didn't say anything. I was Always just, good to check. Yeah. Yeah. I was like sitting there and I was like, it's like, oh my God. And someone who I'd met through poker, her name is Kim. She was just some lady who always had my back, always watching out for me, especially when I first started playing. And she's always asking my dad still how I'm doing when he goes and plays there. He, she looked across the table at him and said, Hey, how about you go fuck yourself? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I was sitting there, I was like, Oh my God, what is the dealer? Didn't care at all. Didn't even pay attention to any of this interaction. And then on break, Kim pulled me aside and was like, Hey, you know, these guys are dying out, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's hope so, right? Honestly, that's what I was like, I was like, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's it's a real, I mean, it's something that obviously the poker community needs to do better. And all the talk that we have about it, because it is a subject that we discuss here, not, not just for women, but for other people that are made fun of or berated at the table, you know, it's a, it's a universal problem. And the answer just seems to be, we need to curate our membership better. We need to be, we, we need to tell people at the table that that kind of shit is not in. That, that we're just not going to tolerate that as a community because it's a self-policing problem. If, if, if 
even and and I'm just going to use women as an example here. Even if you're at the table and it's only guys there, and people are making comments about women that are not appropriate because there's no one around to hear. Like it, it's on all of us to step in and just say, like, you know, that's not on. Like, like you know, check yourself. And the the world's full of different people, and we want all of them at the poker table. We want them all to feel comfortable here. And uh, yep. we'd all like for someone else to come fix this problem, but we need to fix this ourselves in, in every day that we're that we're in the poker world. I'm just going to jump in. I think it's a good moment to say it is that the literature in terms of these things suggests that anytime anybody anybody individually speaks up, it increases the likelihood that other people who may feel the same thing at the table will speak up. Mm. And so, even if you feel like, oh, if I speak up, I'm gonna, now I'm going to be the the target of this guy's ire. Um, in general, what happens is people start to also come in into play. So if you're ever sitting at the table, if anybody listening, if you're ever sitting at the table and you see something that is clearly rude or ridiculous or or dangerous, just speak up because you'll probably have about four or five people at your back. Yeah. Yeah. You should call that I the mean, Spartacus effect. Yes. <laughs> and it happens in, in women, in, you know, ladies events as well, just in women's tournaments where um, people will say something you know rude about other women and things like that and i found myself and telling my friends that i'm just like i'm gonna i'm gonna be the person that like shuts that down <laughs> like yeah um and it happens a little bit more often in ladies events than i'd than i'd like to think but um just yeah it's it's a big deal i think and um i know that I have kind of opened up the world a little bit for my dad as well, who he was just mm. like, Oh, like, you know, how do I help? And it's like, here you go. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy playing in ladies events. And I think that just having a community of women um, has been very, very beneficial for me as a poker player and just as a person. Joe, did you have anything else there? Okay. No, I was just I was just going to say that it's not just your dad's responsibility, though, that it really does come down to men uh, in particular to do the work because we can't expect ladies to or women, excuse me, to to do the work uh, for themselves in that situation because there's just not enough. And mm. quite frankly, it's our it's our fault at this point for creating this this particular environment. So so men out there start speaking up. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's what you have to do. I'm, I'm requiring you from now on to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, Sam, you've talked about um, sort of the community uh, of poker that you surrounded yourself with. Um, obviously, here at Rec Poker, we're big believers in that. You know, I, I myself, when I started learning poker, I was a lurker. I read books on my own. I listened to podcasts. I watched the videos. But uh, and I and I had some success. But but I often regret the opportunity cost of not getting involved with the community earlier and kind of sharing my, my doubts and sharing my errors and like learning from other people's mistakes and not just having to learn from my own damn mistakes all the time. Cause that gets expensive and painful. Um, what kind of, what kind of community specifically have you managed to find or create? And is that where, like you talked about studying as well. I'm kind of curious when you study these days, however you define it, is that something that you're doing on your own or with other people or, or uh, how are those two concepts related in your mind? Yeah. So I think that I've been super lucky to get in with a group of people who like really care about me and have always got my back, especially when I'm, you know, spending a lot of time in places that, you know, 
most people would think maybe a little dangerous or traveling a lot, going to places I've never been before. And Mm -hmm. it's very, very nice to have a group of people that um, always have my back or always watching out for me. I don't want to be like, they're always worried about me, but in a, a, a little bit they are. And I have so many friends that are like, oh, no, no, I'm your poker mom. And it's just like a ton of people, like a long <laughs> list of people. Um, even just the other day, I was talking about school and somebody said, I don't want to sound like your mom. And I was like, don't worry, you can you know, just add you to the list at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that it's funny talking to my, my mom about it, who does not play poker, that she feels a little bit more comfortable that so many people wanted to, mm. like, you know, not take care of me, but watch out for me. Um, oh, I love that. Studying wise, when I when I first started playing poker, I did not study at all. My dad was like, I don't want you to study something that's bad and wrong. And then you have to unlearn it. When you eventually do study, I want you to make sure that you're getting good information from qualified people and stuff like that. So then when I did first start studying, um, it was a lot of it, I was just getting coaching and um, it was very. I think it was you know, pretty helpful as well as just having a community of other people that were also being um, coached so that we could go over hand histories and review things, you know, study some Sims and stuff like that. Um, But now I just do some individual studying, nothing crazy, a lot of pre-flop charts and just um, post-flop clicking buttons that they tell you when you do good or not <laughs> and i really enjoy that a lot <laughs> do, you, do you use like a, a tool or software for that in particular i don't even know what the app is called i'm not gonna lie like i was looking at gto wizard though i've heard a lot of really good things about that yeah they've come on the scene recently i just have some random phone app i'm not i don't yeah. even, i one of the cool things about studying math is i get to know or i get to understand how they're uh how they get this information a little bit more. Right. Uh, I do really like using Floptimal for pre-flop stuff. I think that they're they're really really great. Um, I'm always telling everyone about it because I was like, it's colorblind friendly, isn't that crazy? It has a good yeah. user interface, and <laughs> all of the charts are run well, basically. Like, um, like I, I know the person who runs all of the the um the sims for it basically and they know what they're doing and um it's just very very interesting to talk to people who like also run things but i'm just like oh but you don't know you don't i mean this is where me knowing a little bit more about math has been helpful (laughs) i'm just like oh no like (laughs) (laughs) you don't know what you're doing over there yeah yeah. like (laughs) oh like you you don't even run homework like that that's in school like you gotta like (laughs) <laughs> oh man so i have a lot of opinions about all this stuff but i'll try to not get too crazy <laughs> well no but honestly i mean i think there's a lot of there's a lot of different kinds of programs and training software and apps and that kind of stuff out there and we all kind of assume that the people that put it together they know poker they know math they know programming but of course that's pretty rare for someone to actually know those three things well enough to do something that's really successful. So, um, you know, we're kind of just taking it on faith that these charts and it's such an esoteric subject too. It's like the GTO shoving ranges and 20 big blinds. It's like you can't just flip to the back of the textbook and like find out what the what the 
you know, uh, uh, objective truth is about that. It's all based on the assumptions that you make in your, in your programming. So I think it's definitely something yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So lots of things about why, why the charts look like they do. Um, and just, yeah, exactly. The 20 big blind thing where it's like, well, not everybody has 20 big blinds, which is some of the newer stuff that's coming out has been a lot better. Um, game theory is complicated is what the real answer is. Uh, <laughs> and one of the reasons I stayed in school so long is that there was a class in college, Florida State, for game theory, math, mm. game theory for math majors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm so excited, except they only offer it every other year, once a semester. <laughs> and I was like, all right, here we go. It's uh, it was supposed to be like this year or something. I don't remember. It's like even years, whatever. They don't offer the class anymore. I've been in school so oh. long. They actually don't offer the class anymore. <laughs> I missed it. And I was like, what am I even doing here? And he, like, this is why I stayed so long because I I missed it. And I then I missed it for real. Like it's gone. <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, I find game theory interesting. I have a minor in economics and a minor in business that I've already completed to do a little bit of game theory with uh, just basic economics. And the other thing about how I think, I think about, I was like, can these people be very good at running charts? It's some of them are like, some of them are very well done, but it's like, I look at their, the user interface on a lot of poker programs and it is just really bad. Like, like even ones that I use like often, I'm just like, does this like stop new players from joining because normal mm. people have like a threshold for user interface? Right? Like, oh man. I just think about WSOP.com and how like I really <laughs> despise playing on there when I'm in <laughs> Nevada. And I was like, how is this like how is how how does this happen? Why are they yeah. all why bravo the bravo app i have this is a big thing poker atlas awesome nobody uses it <laughs> like bravo it hasn't been updated in like five years like yep my my dad was in advertising and uh when i was growing up i would see just terrible commercials come out and and it would be great comfort to me actually because i would think like you know what I'm going to be okay in this world because someone got paid to produce this ad and execute. And then someone else at the company that they're representing decided, yes, I want this to be the ambassador for our company. And I've taken great comfort from that, to be honest with you. So it must, must be a similar kind of feeling when you're like, so this is what it takes to make it. (laughs) Joe. I was just saying, I take, you know, it it, uh, warms the cockles of my heart that you mentioned very, the very first thing out of the gate you say is, well, this is, colorblind friendly um because my son who has red hair uh is colorblind and uh, there have been times when he's been looking at his chips and i'm like i know one of these <laughs> chips that i need to play <laughs> but, I'm not, but i can't tell which one and then i pointed out and he's like oh okay now i'm good so so that's great it's great that you notice things like that yeah i mean video games have have, have had colorblind options for like years yeah. mm. basically and you go and you look at any mainstream um chart for you know, poker and it's red and green. And you're mm-hmm. like, right. how, how do you pick the two, the two worst <laughs> color <Yeah>. options? <laughs> like every time. And then they're like, actually it's red, green. And then like dark red. Right. Like, right. <laughs> like, and you know, there's not a yeah. lot of colorblind women, 
but I do have yeah. a lot of friends who are colorblind and like even poker chip sets where the most, the two yeah. most common cash colored are red and green. Red and and green. you're like, why, why do you literally like, and then you go to tournament chips and they have markings that are like half the chip and they're all the same color on all of them. So you can't even tell when you have a dirty stack. And I think that everybody should have the opportunity to play on a level playing field. And it is in, in poker something that I in live poker is very important is that you have a general idea of how many chips someone has, right? You're not, you don't have the right to an exact count of their chips at any time, but you do have the right to see their chips and have a general idea of how much they have. And when you have chip sets that are hard for people who are colorblind to differentiate, they are playing at a disadvantage. Uh, And and also, I mean, the, the, the bandwidth, the mental bandwidth that we have at the table is a finite thing. And so if you need to spend some of your active brain power thinking about the denominations of the chips because you can't just tell from the color, that's a real handicap towards what you could be using that brain power for when it comes to thinking about bet sizes or betting lines or opponent mm-hmm. tendencies or that kind of thing. I, I do think there's real cost to that. Yeah, as well as um, there, I mean, there are some places that their tournament chips don't have numbers on them. And when they're stacked, you can't see the numbers anyway. So right. it's just like, I was like, how is this like even possible? <laughs> but I mean, then I, like I said, oh man, I already trashed WSOP.com. I want them to be better is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not, like I just, it's I like, want, I want like to people... enjoy my experience playing on it because they have a lot of really great tournaments that they do. And I find it, it hard for me to like enjoy it. And I just want them to be good. Like, yeah. Yeah. It comes not... from a place of love, right? It's like people, yes. that, people think that you can't, um, you can't critique your 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 country because it's not patriotic. It's like, no, it's because I want it to be better. You know, like we want these things to be better. So, of course, we have to critique the areas where we think we can improve. But it comes from a place of love. So get your get your shit together. WSOP. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to announce that we are going not going to be sponsored by WSOP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let me work for you and make it better. How about <laughs> there you go? Yeah, exactly. We'll be, we're being the voice for change. There you go. Um, so uh, a couple other questions I had. I, I mean, this conversation is I'm having such a great time with it, but I don't want to keep you forever. We've already uh, gone longer I'm than I told you we would. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Amy. Me too. Um, so as you've kind of uh, gotten further into the poker world, you, the games that you've played have, have elevated. Your own poker learning has elevated. Can you give me any concrete examples of sort of like strategic elements or 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 epiphanies that you've had that kind of surprised you um as you've developed these different this deeper understanding of the game yeah i think that one of the most important things that i've learned from poker that impact other parts of my life are you can do everything right and lose Mm. and you can do everything wrong and win Mm -hmm. and that was something that i was just like apply to other aspects of my life where it's like, you can try really hard for something that never ends up happening and that's okay because you'll just fire another bullet. And the other thing, a lot of, I mean, I've gained a lot of this information from my dad and through his experiences and things like that, where, um, you know, not everything's the end of the world. Like, you know, a couple months ago, my dad was like, nothing's that big of a deal and you can do whatever you want. And I was like, oh, OK, like I will like and we'll just see what happens. And 
uh, poker has definitely given me the opportunity to, you know, understand that you can just kind of, I'm going to, I just like, I like, it's, it's some kind of freedom, right? So like I'm all, I'm working jobs, but I'm also doing these things, but I have gotten to see things all over the country, things I've never seen. I saw snow like yesterday driving <laughs> through Arizona and I was like, I haven't seen snow in like 10 years. Um, but I don't know where I was going with this, but I've just, I've, I, um, I feel like I've been very lucky to grow up in such a small, tiny town and then get to see things that I think are so cool and huge. And fear you can't even build a building over four stories. And then you go to Vegas and they have a, they have the strat like, <laughs> and, um, that's, that's what I've enjoyed the most from all of this is that I am so easily amused. I, <laughs> when I was in college, I went to a movie theater that had a bar inside of it. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, yeah. is this allowed? Like, and then I, I, you know, Oh man. Yeah. I just, I, I love it all. I so like, I just think that I have such a, cool silly life that i just get to do weird stuff well, that 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 sounds like a great thing to put on a tombstone honestly uh i had a cool silly life i i we should all aspire to that i love that but idea like, how about a t-shirt instead of a to get so dark all of a sudden over here Jim. <laughs> yeah good point fair enough uh, well, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Vero Beach because people people might not know, but uh, my grandparents also lived in Vero Beach for a long time, and uh, it is this tiny little town in Florida. Um, but uh, it sounds like we both have a lot of great memories from there. Um, one of my favorite bookstores in the world uh, is in Vero Beach. I don't know if you know know it. I'm, it's just this one. Bit, I don't even remember the address because I went there when I was a kid all the time. But yeah, I would go down. I, like I would go down the and, bookstore, I assume. Yeah, right? it's, it's the bookstore, yeah. <laughs> like, the Bureau Beach bookstore. Um, but I would go down as a kid and uh, visit my grandparents um, once or twice a year. And my dad and I would always go to this bookstore and I'd get, you know, a new book, one of the Bernard Cornwell's Sharp uh, series books or something like that, something about fantasy or historical fiction, usually. And I just have so many wonderful memories about there. And, um, do you do you remember uh, a restaurant called Charlie Brown's by any chance? Does that ring a bell with you? Uh, I do not actually. Okay, they closed uh, probably longer ago than I want to credit. But again, for a young for a young person going down there, I just remember it was the first it was the first like salad bar that I'd ever. Like you'd be talking about being easily amused, right? It was it was the first. <laughs> place i ever went that had like a salad bar that was the whole length of the place and you get everything from like lettuce to jello all in the same place i just remember that blowing my mind we would go there every single time um what what do you do what what did you do to uh, entertain yourself when you were growing up in vero beach because for me it was just a place to come visit my grandparents you know spend some time at the ocean and uh not freeze my butt off in canada but what was it like for you yeah let's see so for people who don't know, Vero is actually so small that we just got our second Taco Bell and our <laughs> first Popeyes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, my family's been there a long time. I just, being in high school when you can finally drive around and stuff, it was just like mostly going to the beach, uh, going, going to the bowling alley, 
Yep. Uh, we got two movie theaters. So going to one of the movie theaters. And I mean, at that point, the mall was already pretty dead. Uh, it's mostly just like going and getting food and just yep. like hanging out with your friends in the woods. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, going to the beach. Um, the yeah, Royal I mean, I Palm drive like Point a... Oh, I'm sorry. The, Ro- the Royal Palm Point Fountain? Is that the place yep. to be? No, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, it wasn't for me, anyways. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I also went to high school in Fort Pierce. Uh, so I had a lot of friends that lived in like different towns and stuff. But even then, it was still very just driving around, trying not to get into too much trouble. Uh, which is very funny. It's pretty much the exact same thing that my mom did when she grew up in Vero. <laughs> like, right you know, 30 plus years before. <laughs> and and uh, did, did, did both your folks uh, grow up there or did your dad uh, grow up somewhere else and they met? Yeah. Uh, um, so my dad's from Michigan mm. and then um, went to high school and college in New Mexico and moved to Florida for golf. He uh, was a golf Smart. professional for a long time. Cool. Your dad uh, sounds like a fun character. Oh, he's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's great. <laughs> um, yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, he actually recently quit his job as a golf professional to open up a business in Vero Beach. Mm. So, pretty excited about that. Well, give give that business a little plug here on the show in case our in case any of our audience uh, members are heading down to Vero. Who who should they check out? All right. So at the old patio, sometime in I think January or February, there will be a golf simulator golf a golf simulator bar and grill called the 19th hole. I like it. Yes. I'm super excited. I may own a portion of it. Oh, wow. With no voting rights or anything. I'm just, (laughs) I got an equity share. Oh yeah. My dad was like, here, I, I own a business the same way everyone my age does. Your parents put your name on a piece of paper. (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm really excited. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great. They're gonna have three really big golf simulators in there. Um, my dad was a golf teacher for a very very long time, and um, it's gonna be inside, which is great in Florida. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, the patio is like a classic Vero Beach spot that has been uh, kind of empty for the last couple years i would say um it's one of those old like i don't know the building's like 100 years old or something and i say that it's probably like 100 years old or something <laughs> like actually it's a very old building yeah um but yeah my family has been there for my grandpa was born somewhere around 1929 so we're moving we're moving close to being there for 100 years yeah the century mark that's awesome um and it's such a, it's just a town that I, I really love and it's, it's so, I'm really excited to go back in a couple of days. I'll be there. I'm shooting for Christmas Eve. <laughs> nice. Well, I know Joe's got another question, but I just want to ask, um, is, do you see yourself settling down in Vero? Is it, is it the place that you're planning to call home or are you undecided on that point? Um, what are your thoughts when you, when you look to the future, how certain do, do any of these things feel to you right now? Oh yeah, I don't like to plan too far ahead. I've been a li- I've been a little too lucky so far. And I don't want to get in the way of that by making plans. Yeah, yeah good answer. Good answer. And Joe? 
I didn't. I just actually Googled the uh, the 19th hole, and I was just going to say that the doors on the building look fantastic. They're very. <laughs> if you go look at, they're big and they're arched, and it's actually a very cool looking building. So <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a very cool building, and it was full of so many random items. The just classic bureau, cast iron. I don't know. Just <laughs> there was a lot of stuff in there initially. It's a well, random we... aside. I'm sorry. No, no. no I, I just say as a random aside, I used to work in a place called Tish Mills, Wisconsin, called a sandwich theater, which was this really old bar uh, way out in the middle of nowhere. And they would regularly be pulling apart the building to renovate it. And then like all of these weird things would fall out because it was so old. And that was that was some of the funnest things to look at. So I, I <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, well, my, my Nana is still with us, actually. And uh so um, next time I'm down in Vero, I'll make sure to go by and check it out. I'm a, I love golf. It's a great it, there's a lot in common between golf and poker, actually. So it doesn't surprise me that uh, your dad's a big, a big fan of both. That makes a lot of sense. Mostly swearing. A lot of yeah. that. A lot of <laughs> that. And golf and poker. <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah. of why did that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Sammy, is there anything else that, that we didn't talk about that you think uh, you'd like the, the poker world to know? Or um, is there anything that you are there any, any questions that you have for us about about uh, what we're doing here? Or um, is there anything else on your mind before we close this out? No, I think we're good. I, I really enjoy what you guys do. So just happy to be a part of this. Right on. Well, it was a wonderful conversation. Um, I can't wait to have you on the show sometime again soon after you win your first bracelet. And uh, in the meantime, I guess we'll just have to catch up at uh, at a Run Good event sometime in 2023, I'm hoping. Yeah, that would be cool. All right. Well, thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Joe. And uh, now we'll get back to the show. Wow, another banger. I just, uh, I mean, I, sometimes I think these interviews that we don't have are among our best. Uh, that one just really cut. She's got, she's such a character that Sammy G. I can't, I, I was so surprised. Uh, some of those t- stories that growing up in Vero beach, uh, really, really shocked me. What about you? you really guys? Nailed, you, you really nailed the audio cues there, Jim. I must say really, really <laughs> killed it there. Far fewer <laughs> mistakes than normal. Far fewer. <laughs> well, that, that leaves a lot of room to run. You know, because that's that starts off at a pretty long list. So that's uh, that's not quite the compliment that people might think it is. Um, so, yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, hearing that interview with Sammy. Um, she and I got a chance to play in the WSOP tag team event, not as teammates. I was playing with phenomenal human George Sanford, and I believe Sammy was playing with her dad. But we were playing at the same table and uh, we got to trade a few pots back and forth. Um and yeah, she's she's a great poker player, and uh, from all, from all accounts, a wonderful human as well. So I'm looking forward to getting to know her a little better on the show. Uh, it's true that she comes from a town in Florida that I used to spend a lot of time when I was younger, called Vero Beach, and it's got what I, as a child, considered to be the greatest bookstore in the world. Would spend a lot of time there, and um, uh, yeah. So I'm just retro. I'm, I'm saying in advance that that was a fun interview with Sandy. So. Uh, why don't folks start typing the words uh, food bank into the chat here? And then when John Somsky finishes up the uh, home game results from the last week, we can get into the prize and see if anyone on the Wrecking Crew here has something they'd like to add about what's coming up and uh, our, our our farewell messages for the little that is left of 2022. 
Well, for those of you new to rec poker or living under a rock, rec poker has mm-hmm. over 40 free to play home game tournaments each month. The first Wednesday of each month is the No Limit Hold'em series with a player of the year points race. The second Wednesday is a mixed game series also with a player of the year points race. Every other day of the month has one or more daily series events, including a monthly tournament of champions. If you want to compete in the toughest online play money games around and have a chance to earn coveted rec poker pins you can join the rec poker poker stars community home game club check out rec.poker website for more information about how to join and all of the tournaments available also make sure to update the extra tab in your rec poker profile if you want to have your real name announced when you win a tournament all right so now we are on to the games the first thing i should be announcing is the winner of the toc but the tournament of champions was as jim mentioned earlier delayed and is going to be played tonight so i will give you that information next week but we do have a mixed game championship series and on december 14th be the kid brian morey won his first mixed game event of the year and I think didn't didn't Brian win his first uh, no limit hold'em game the week before? Is exactly, he, like two two he decided like? to he wanted to make it to the tournament of champions for both of those just <laughs> under the wire, <laughs> winning both events for our uh, point series in December. Wow. wow, that's amazing! Hats off to you, Brian. Well done. That's that's very impressive. And then we have Evil Roy Ca got his twenty fourth or well 11th nightly victory for the year and his 45th victory lifetime so he's now only 5 away and tied with Doug Drayback um for the to be the first in one to f- the coveted 50 wins keto man 335 kian tavacoli got his second nightly victory for the year black spruce ev Got his or her first nightly victory for the year. Right on. Way to go, Black Spruce. Uh, K-Poker wannabe Ron Payton got his third nightly victory for the year. Mudslinger1942 Jack Pastel got his fourth nightly victory for the year. And Swedish Fishy Lars got his fourth nightly victory for the year. And then not to be outdone... K-Poker wannabe Ron Payton came back and won a second event. He won the Nick Mixed Practice event this week for wow. his second for the year. Shark okay. Slater 21, Lucky Hawes, Lucky. won the 9 a.m. international event and or 8 a.m. central time. We Even got you him, guys. Got we got him saying, on Eastern time. I yeah, <laughs> we got him. <laughs> and then uh, Keto Man 335, Kian Tavakoli. Ian. Also, won the later, I'm not even going to say the time, international <laughs> it's event. It's on the calendar. For his first international event for the year. <laughs> and then John Lancer won the LPP hmm. event, so he can contact Ooh. Jim at rec.poker for his free month at Learn Pro Poker. That's but right. But not to be finished yet, because we also had the Heads Up event, which oh, yeah. I signed up for and forgot was going on so whoever got me as an opponent you are congratulations congratulated for your bye victory <laughs> against me um 
But B Chip Charles Allen took down the Heads Up series. Nice. And has earned his way into Marek Madness when we hold that in March. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Charles has been getting more and more involved. He's been a premium member for a while, but he's been really getting involved in uh, the Fun Country online play and hang. Uh, I've seen him hanging out on Tuesday nights. He's been there in there in a couple strategy sessions. So it doesn't surprise me at all. It goes to show these folks that get more involved, you know, you start thinking about poker more actively using those different parts of your brain to think about it. It it has an effect. You will understand poker better. You will become a better poker player. So uh, congratulations to Charles. No, no surprises there. Just wanted to say uh, Brian Morey, Taylor Moss, John Somsky, and myself, not to mention Doug Drabeck, are all OGs from our Founding Fathers home game. Ah, And that's where I first met Brian and Taylor. So they're both, I mean, killing it right now. And of course, Doug Drabeck. And he that's where I first met Doug Drabeck was at our founding father's home game. So there's some uh there's some definitely some OGs and some crushers coming out of that home game. I'm not surprised. That I'm and you know, Steve won the player of the year and the championship last year. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's playing as much poker this year since he started all these new exciting uh ventures that he's working on. But um it just goes to show, you know, that's a, a strong, a strong group that you guys uh started. Was that what was the name of that um home game club again, Rob? He called it the Epic League. The Epic League. That's right. Yes. Well it's had it's had quite a legacy. Quite a legacy. Yeah. Steve yeah, Fredland, definitely. if you're listening, your legacy continues. Congratulations. Yeah, he had a, a lot of great players and me. John. Oh, you can always count on John. He's Uh, so self deprecating. He really is. He really is. Uh, You're supposed to uh, leave those for us, John. We're supposed to we're supposed to come up with those. (laughs) Uh, You're a little too slow. Yeah, that's right. We left a void. Um well I know um Chris has taken over die rolling um duties because of the uh uh, the great controversy of rolling ones all the time. Um, so while while he is preparing himself for that, I just want to scroll through some of these YouTube comments. Um, so we got a few a few uh, different opinions about Boxing Day. So that's uh, that's something that people can go look up. Apparently, it's a British tradition. It's where you take your Christmas boxing to the trash bin, says John. That makes a lot of sense. He's like, you you debox. It's a deboxing day. Okay, I like that. Um, Phil really liked our interview with Sammy. That that make that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, uh, yeah, Evil Roy Slade. I agree. I love that story that she told uh, from the ladies' event. I was surprised that you could even bring knives into the casino, but um, you know, it goes to show that's how you learn something new every day. Uh, well, nice, nice to see uh, Mary here in the chat as well. Welcome, Mary. I'm glad you could make the show tonight. Um, yeah, Phil, you've got your special uh, show coming up on the 26th. Of course, don't you don't want to miss that. <laughs> yeah that's the phil, that's the the phil special right the phil special. we've got all kinds of special guests and i said uh, bring him on yeah, we, yeah, I said yeah. we bring him on yeah no just just uh just sit there wait we might either you never know when people will show up so it might take us a little while but just kind of yeah. just just sit back and just join us that's, that's right gonna a, that's gonna be a real special evening that was just for you, Phil. It does sometimes it does take a while to to load or for everyone yeah, to get in it there. Does. So if it feels it like does. if it it's does. like it's been two hours, am I still yeah. just gonna sit here waiting? Just no, 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 we're coming. With it. It's gonna waiting. be worth it. It's definitely yeah. gonna be worth it. Yeah, it's just like you know, 90% of uh, poker players 
they lose just they quit just before they'd make their big break. You know, it's tragic. It's a tragic stat about poker players, but it's kind of true here. You don't want to give up just before uh, we would have you on the special show there uh, just for fun, Phil. Um, Michael Miller. Yeah, thanks for joining us tonight. I was also looking forward to talking to Sammy tonight. Uh, please do uh, enter your questions into the chat here. I'll make sure to bring them up with Sammy later in the week. Or you can email me, Michael, if you like, jim at rec.poker and send me any questions you like. And I'll make sure that Sammy knows that it was uh, Michael Miller that um, asking them. So please don't be shy about that. Uh, Evil Roy Slade brings up a great point here. John, we're not going to let you get away with avoiding the asterisk here. So the reason that we have to do the makeup tournament of champions tonight is because last week we had uh, poker stars server maintenance issues that derailed the, the real tournament of champions and turned it into an asterisk tournament of champions that John won. Now, now, John, you won that tournament, right? I mean, it, it started, it played, you won it. Well, yeah, that, that was, I, I said I was going to win it so that we didn't need to count it. So that was kind of the whole point. And, you know, I've never won a silver pin. Therefore, the fact that I won it means it couldn't have been a real silver pin. <laughs> and, you know, just right there. But, but. But my my first silver pin, I won in very similar circumstances, and I've I've carved an asterisk into the back of it. But but you and the rest of the wrecking crew will pry it from my cold dead hands, John. <laughs> my cold dead hands. And well, I, yeah, you deserve a special pin like that, Jim. <laughs> I keep advocating that we need an actual asterisk pin that we just like. Whoa. That's like the most. The most covetous of pins. Like, how it's so hard to win. <laughs> That's actually a really fun idea, Chris. We should see what we can come up with with that. Um, all right. Well, just as long as you know, John, according to Evil Roy Slade and I, you'll always be the asterisk silver pin winner of the November Tournament of Champions. That, that's that's part of that's part of your enduring legacy now. Um, it's not recorded on the site anywhere. <laughs> well, There's no you're in charge of that of stuff. It. You're in charge of all that. <laughs> that's uh, the official record <laughs> um phil razor says the uh the heads up shootout tournament was a banger and uh i agree i actually got my day job i had a freaking meeting in the morning that ran late i couldn't even play in it this this uh quarter but that is a really fun one and phil came in second he got bamboozled again um and let me see did the free roll run at end of league Dave, I'm not even sure what that refers to. T- type that. Type in uh, some clarification there, and I'll make sure that uh, we get to that one. Um, Phil says he's getting a haircut oh, for next week's show. Yeah, Rob. Are you saying that Phil got poker starred, <laughs> as people call it? <laughs> I think that is, yes. I've, I've, heard, I've heard people call it poker. They got poker starred. Joke, I've joker seen that. starred. I think it's yeah. joker starred. Joker <laughs> yep. starred. <laughs> yep. There's a few there's a few uh there's a few rec poker members on Twitter that are always going on about getting poker started too and Mark yep. and a couple of yep. those guys as well. Yeah, Mark Mark specifically, yes. Um Phil says he's getting a haircut for next week's show. Phil, I would rent a tux. I would go put some serious money down on a tux, uh do it up nice, get one of those like light blue ones with the orange Ooh, frill yeah, in the middle. Yeah, um, yeah you want you want to look good for, for a boxing day episode. Yeah, you want to be at you want to be on your best for that one for sure. Um, uh, Jim Gibson says Joe's shirt is awesome. Something tells me that there's a Purdue reference there. 
Uh, I, well, yeah, he's not the only one. Look at Rob's shirt. How great is that? Dude, this is the kind of stuff people miss out on when they're just listening to the audio <laughs> version. You got to come check this out on YouTube. For our audio listeners, Rob is wearing a Grinch shirt. <laughs> That's right. And Taylor's not even here to appreciate it. No. And speaking of Taylor, <laughs> though, I do think we should, as much as I don't want yeah. uh, to do it, we should also acknowledge his double amazing victory. Which this is true. That, that I did overlook that for did the second that, week in John? a row. That is, yeah. I'm so sorry <laughs> um, to hear that. So Taylor Moss did, in fact, win both of the Player of the Year points races. So he came in number one in the No Limit Hold'em Championship Series and number one in the Mixed Game Championship Series. That is really impressive. outstanding. And if someone doesn't do better next year, I think we might just need to burn the whole thing to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's amazing is uh, in December of last year or January, uh, like a year ago, Taylor called that shot. He said, this is going to be the year I'm going to win the No Limit Hold'em Player of the Year race and the Mixed Game Player of the Year race. And over the course of the next 12 monthly tournaments, that's exactly what he did. And, and it was no gimme. Um, Rob, you were chasing his butt uh, in the No Limit Hold'em one. I know Phil Fuhrer was right uh, right behind him for the uh, the mixed game uh, one. Although, Taylor, I will say, Phil didn't play every week, every month. So, uh, you know, I don't know if we have to, like, adjust this to, like, a per turn. <laughs> No, no, of course he, he did miss two. <laughs> Phil did miss two week, two months, and he was leading up until November. It was November's mm. win oh. that gave put Taylor back in the lead for the mixed game championship. Wow! So it came right wow. down to the wire, and yeah. had he shown up, you know, who knows? He may have been able to take it away from Taylor. <laughs> I love this comment from Josh Campbell. If I study really, really hard play every possible tournament, I still won't have a chance to beat Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> well, never say never, uh, Josh, but Taylor is a very sharp player, uh, no doubt about it. And he's he's one of the Wrecking Crew members that offers coaching here, folks. So if you keep hearing us sort of dejectedly talk about how Taylor keeps winning stuff all the time, you could get behind the curtain and kind of see how he does it by getting some one-on-one coaching with Taylor Moss. If you go to the rec.poker slash shop, you can see some coaching offers there. Uh, Chris Jones, uh, myself, Tim Fritz, we do some uh, group video uh, analysis, that kind of thing. Uh, there's lots of different ways to get connected with our Wrecking Crew wreckers and uh, find some one-on-one or group coaching opportunities to help you elevate your game. But yeah, Taylor's a freaking beast, and uh, congratulations to him. Just goes to show that epic poker uh, league. They really they knew what they were doing. So what? Look at all this that has come from that. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah. He's not. He's not doing it again next year. I'm. I, we're. We're gonna stop him. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've. I've shifted around some schedule now. I'm. I'm coming for that. The uh, no limit hold'em. Because <laughs> nice. I was not able to play in it much this year, so I'm. Well, I'm also coming rem- for that. Remember, next year we are only counting the top ten scores. So you have two that you can miss, and it won't count against you. Of course, you know, playing all twelve lets you also have bad luck on the couple. Yeah. Yeah. So I would encourage everyone to play as many as they can. Yeah, great point. But it won't be quite as eliminating if you have to miss uh, one month. So do circle right. those first Wednesdays of the month and uh, don't get it, don't miss and out the on second that. Wednesdays. And the second Wednesdays are for the mixed game one. Yes, that's right. Yep. Um, and actually, I'm going to call my shot right now. I'm calling 
Taylor Moss will not win both the No Limit Hold'em Player of the Year race and the Mixed Games uh, Player of the Year race next next month. I'm calling it. I'm going to do everything in my power. Yeah, <laughs> as a competitor, I, I'll call that table. one with you. Yeah, he's not. He's not doing Ooh, it. He's not. We might have some wagers here. here. He's not doing it again. He's it's not, not happening it again. You guys don't have to record our training material with them. The guy is insufferable. He's already the. Way, oh, guys, I can't. Well, believe he's, 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 he's not, not here. How much are we thinking here? He's not here right now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I will give him. A $100 wager to his $1 that he will not win both of them. Wow. All right. So a little extra motivation for Taylor. And and trust me, Taylor would like, that might just be what gets him juiced enough to do it. Because he he enjoys the competition as much as anybody. I didn't think about that. That might actually motivate him. (laughs) Yeah. Is this, is this truly a hundred to one or is it just one dollar to a hundred? <laughs> yeah, I no, think it's <laughs> yeah. I think it's yeah. too late well, to retract the bet. It's live on air. So I mean yeah, no, yeah. it's already it's a hundred so. to one based off a one dollar bet. There's that that makes yeah. sense. I can... <laughs> that is right, I right. pretty good odds. I, in other words, I am not accepting more than one dollar's worth of action on that bet from Taylor. <laughs> 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 oh that's fantastic um all right uh well we got one co- question here how many players played in the tournament of champions that i won um i it was a decent group it was like 18 or so it was it, the, no, the the reason that one was an asterisk is because there was one scheduled on sunday and one scheduled on monday for some reason it was just like a typo thing so people weren't like forced out of one or the other so it wasn't like uh it wasn't a super, it wasn't like a super asterisk. It wasn't like an asterisk asterisk. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean. Wasn't it wasn't it, though? What? I call it a super asterisk. I think it was a super asterisk. I think, I think once you say asterisk, you're saying asterisk. And there's no, you know, yeah. that's just there's it. No, like, I mean, there is no such, there's you know, no mini degree asterisk of asterisk. And super asterisk. Yeah. There's just there's asterisk. No degree. No ass. Yeah. Well, no, but my first, the first bronze pin I won, that was a super asterisk because the tournament just got canceled like halfway through and I happened to have the chip lead at the time. And so that was a super duper asterisk one. I didn't even accept that pin. Luckily, I won another home game that month. So it all just kind of got swept under the well, rug. Right? So, so if we want to talk about degrees of asterisk, I do <laughs> believe there are degrees. Um, and the uh, the determines that night, what it amounted to is Poker Stars had a reboot. And only those people who had registered for the tournament prior to the reboot were able to right. play. And there were about nine or 10 people in that asterisk TOC that never occurred. But there was the normal nightly game that three people had registered for. (laughs) And not to, you know, throw shade or anything, but that may or may not have been someone's 45th victory. Oh, right. Yes. Um, And that that was now to his credit, he played heads up in all three tournaments that were held that night. Yeah, that's insane. So we had the um, two of them were against me. Uh, (laughs) Oh, so easy! Should have been easy. How'd you win, John? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how he didn't manage to win all of them, but anyway. 
Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, the the ascent of uh, Dave Westervelt continues. Um, at this rate, he's, he's there's like, what, 11 days left in the year? Good Lord. I hope he at least has the good grace to wait until 2023 uh, to win that amazing, to be the first one to win that gold pin. But we are all waiting with bated breath, my friend. Uh, don't worry, John. Um, he uh, he beat me heads up uh, in the heads up tournament. Uh, he got quads <laughs> against my kings. So, oh uh, no, quads! Yeah, oh, so man. I can't beat I can't beat him either, John. So, <laughs> yeah, <Yep. laughs> he's got the touch. Uh, all right, well, let's see. I think we've uh, dragged these poor folks through uh, far en- enough of this back behind the scenes tomfoolery. Um, looking at the food bank list, Chris, it looks to me like. Uh, Phil is first, then Josh, then Dave, then Mary, then the RRRCCC, then Michael. That feels like six. I think it's six. It's a natural six. A natural six. I got a natural six cider right here. All right. Don't roll a one. Don't roll a six either because you're the one that only always rolls sixes. We want something in the middle here, please. Five. Five that's, spot. All that's right. what I should always be rolling, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I got good news for the RRRCCC. This is not their first time winning here on the show. Uh, congratulations. You know the drill. Send me an email, jim at rec.poker. So you've won your choice, and this is what we're doing every uh, every week now. You can either get a free month of premium membership at rec.poker, or if you're already a premium member, uh, you can get a fifty. You can take that fifteen dollars. It only costs fifteen dollars to join for a month at Rec Poker Premium Membership. Is that right? Fifteen? Wow, what a steal! Um, <laughs> if you're already a premium member, you can take that fifteen dollars and apply that towards a coaching credit. Uh, any 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 of the coaching uh, material or services that are offered in the Rec and Crew shop, you can uh, take advantage of that. Take fifteen bucks right off the top. Um, but the other thing that you might be interested in. Uh, the RRCCC is that uh, we're also giving people the chance to sit in on our monthly play along deep dive seminars. This is something that Chris Jones runs every month. We take nine members, nine lucky folks. They get to play for about an hour, 90 minutes under a simulated tournament circumstance. Um, we record that play with the cards up. Uh, Chris gets to see everyone's cards as they're playing. No one else does, though. And then uh, we cut up, well, Chris almost exclusively uh, cuts up a seminar based around the theme that month. And we get some amazing feedback from uh, Dario Carney in particular, who takes one of the hands that was played, runs it through a solver and adds his own expert analysis. So um, one of nine, so, so these nine players, they get to play, they get to have their play uh, critiqued by Chris and Dara. And uh, it's obviously just a fun time as well, because we're pretty, we're a pretty social group. We tend to have a little fun as we play, but it's a fantastic opportunity to get um, some really expert feedback on your game. So send that email to me, uh, Jim at rec.poker, and we will uh, take care of you. And uh, you can have your choice between all those different wonderful options. Uh, we got a comment in the uh, chat here, Rob. What page should we get to in the book study this week? Because we had our first uh, book study session last week, and it was a huge hit. We got tons of people out there. I was excited. That was a lot really fun. Yeah, we uh, we got through optimal play um, number one. Um, so we're going to be starting with optimal play number two, which could take us the whole hour. <laughs> but if it if we are able to get through that one, we will start the optimal play number three. So, and I've got 
the uh, slides all ready to go all the way through that if we get that far. But I'm not very convinced that we're going to be doing it. Mm. We tend to find a few rabbit holes. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's this is a there's a lot of there's a lot of nuances in in what Matt Matros is teaching us right now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of different than looking at solvers and those types of things. So it it opens it up for a lot of interpretation. It's not just a, you know, black or white. It, there's a lot of gray in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim Gibson, yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. You just missed the food bank cutoff there. You're going to have to enter that. Uh, well, I was going to say next week, but next week is the special Phil show. Phil so episode, I think yeah. he, he, he Phil wins episode. all the prizes that night. Nobody else can win prizes that night. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just special ones <laughs> just for Phil. <laughs> you don't want to miss that one, Phil. Uh, but everyone else, you wouldn't really like it. You should probably go spend some quality time with your friends and loved ones. Yeah. Um, but Phil, yeah, don't don't miss that one. Circle that one. The 26th uh, Boxing Day Phil Razor special here on the Rec Boku podcast. Uh, all right. Well, I guess. Is there anything else that we want to talk about in Rec Poker Land? Um, I mean, there's some exciting stuff coming up in 2023. Marek Madness will be here before we know it. Um, we're changing. We're giving away a lot more prizes with the newsletter and some other things around the website. Um We've got uh, we 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 introducing a new wrecking crew member. You saw Joe Coolis in the chat here earlier, but we're going to get to know him a lot better after the holidays. Um, and yeah, I'm just really looking forward to closing the books on 2022 and seeing what the future has in store. I don't think we'll hit 2,000 members, but I am so freaking pumped to have gotten over a thousand members. That feels like one of those things that uh, you know, for like for for real big organizations that probably doesn't seem like a lot, but for a group like us, 1000 members, like I'm going to have trouble sleeping tonight. Um, that's pretty freaking exciting. Um, oh yeah. And, uh, Phil's got a birthday coming up in J in January. I know he's heading down to Vegas and if you win a tournament, he's going to buy me a new hat. <laughs> well, then I've got even more reasons to cheer you on, uh, Phil, um, which would be one, one reason. So that's excellent. We're really climbing. We're climbing. That's that's a great ascent. Um, yeah, Jim Gibson says Phil is the prize. He's so true. So true, Jim. You got it all figured out. Um, all right. Well, is there anything else that we should uh, titillate and tantalize our members with before? Well, I'll just do a little. I'll do, I'll do a little quick Twitch plug. I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, do it. I'm gonna keep doing the stream. Friday, Saturday, Sundays. I do. I stream the internationals on Saturday. I usually stream both, and I usually play a bunch of small mid stakes. Friday, we're having tons of fun, just hanging out, playing some tunes, and then Sunday, I just grind the uh, the normal Sunday tournaments. So yeah, feel free to hop in. I appreciate all the support. Lots of rec poker people are there, so it's it's good to see everybody in there. And I'm looking forward to continuing in the new year and incorporating more of rec poker in what I do on the stream. So I'm looking forward to that. Very cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, you you have such a fun show. Like you have such a fun time when you're up there. You you sure wear your heart on your sleeve, and uh, uh, you can tell that. Yeah, people they really say enjoy people it. are picking apart Daniel at the WPT. You know, for for knocking over the camera guy. Like I feel like that would be me. Like <laughs> I see that, and I'm like, that's me. Like when I play, like this whole area, like I utilize the whole room. <laughs> that's not very much space. <laughs> that's right. That, and, and that also that seemed accidental to me. Like he just kind of like he was yeah. like he was kind of like oh. The, there was yeah. just the camera. I don't, I don't know. I, I thought he was getting too much for that. Yeah. 
they kind of ragged on him a little bit. I thought it was yeah. funny. <laughs> poor guy, poor cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ben, uh, spell it out for our folks if they're listening at home. Uh, how can they actually find you on Twitch? What's the easiest way? Well, what do they what do they have to type into the if they're old like me? What do they have to type into the uh, to the search engine to find you? So, yeah, so you can just go to just type in Twitch and go right into Twitch and type in uh, in the search bar. Just go in there and type in B Jammin. So B-E-J-A-M-I-N 96 and you'll see me there. I'm also going to be doing some stuff on YouTube as well. So I'm going to be putting clips on there and just trying to get some more content and put put together some fun videos and stuff like that. I'm looking forward to doing that. So. That's all to come in here as well. So, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so glad we get to uh, be a part of your poker journey here at Rec Poker, Ben. The the future is bright. I know you're already making some plans for next summer, maybe. That uh, yeah, possibly could have some. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. I'm yeah. fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Gibber chimes in and says, "There's usually a weekly slam of some equipment on Ben's stream." So. <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right so tune yeah, in yeah definitely They're, so far the mouse though it's still in one piece still so I mean mouse. the keyboard good. is good, all good, good. good so I mean we're good <laughs> things are rolling we're good <laughs> right on well uh, thank you to Ben for joining us along with uh, Chris and Rob and John and uh, Joe here on uh, the Wrecking Crew panel they are the lifeblood of this uh, Wrecking of this Wreck Poker group and uh, thanks to Sammy G again for one of our greatest interviews ever I think uh, for everyone in the chat and for you the listeners we couldn't do without you have, Merry Christmas Happy New Year